How's everybody doing this morning? Good? Good. Tired? Awake? Well, I'm glad to be with you all this morning. And uh, how many of you are going to the Super Bowl parties tonight? Anybody? Anybody going to the Super Bowls? Cool. All right. Awesome. Um, Patriots or Rams? Rams. <laughs> there we go. I know they're awake now. That's hilarious. I think uh, that's probably the overwhelming majority of what we want, most people want, right? Well, again, I'm glad to be with you this morning, and I just want to tell you, we got a great group as far as that help lead every morning, and you guys are a great group, and, uh, and if you, I just want to tell you as far as somebody who works with Mary Beth and Leah and Chris and Blake and Tara, if you haven't got to know them, I would encourage you to get to know them. They are incredible people. Um, and I'm old enough to be their dads, and they remind me of that weekly. Um, in fact, a lot of times I will say something to them of, hey, I hope you all have a great Bible study. Thanks, Dad. And that's normally from Chris or Blake. But, um, so, um, but I, I realize that. I own it. I'm kind of the old, old man here, and, uh, and that's okay. Um, that's all right. Here's what I want to do. I want to ask you guys, how many of you have ever been sitting in class and the teacher, you're taking notes, and you're, you're listening, and whatever class it might be, you're taking notes, you're listening, most of the time, hopefully you're listening, maybe you're not, but uh, you're sitting there, and you're listening, and uh, after the teacher speaks, and kind of covers his notes, you're kind of sitting there going, what did he or she just say? You ever had that feeling, anybody, anybody? Yeah, kind of like, what in the, what in the world did they, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I understood that. Well, I've had that experience many times as far as in high, I remember middle school, high school, college, and there have been times when I've been sitting in a conference listening, and recently, myself and Blake and Chris and Leah, Mary Beth, we went to a conference a couple of weeks ago, and we were getting to hear this great lineup of, of speakers, people like David Platt, and Mark Dever, and John Piper, and just several other men. And I, during the conference, we were sitting there, and John Piper at night is speaking. And if you've ever heard John Piper, he is really, he can be really deep and uh, has a lot to say. And I remember we were sitting there, and the four of us were taking notes. I don't know where Chris was. He might have just been doing a little conference somewhere else, you know, had everybody gathered around him. But we were sitting there taking notes, and um, as Piper's talking, I'm trying to write down this note, and I get halfway through it. And I'm like, and he's on to something else. I'm like, what did he just say? And I'm looking around, and I'm like, trying to remember what he just, and they're not putting it up on the screen. And I look over at Blake and Mary Beth and Lee, and we're all like looking at each other. What did, what did he just say? And all of a sudden, I look at Blake's notes, and he is scribbled halfway through all of it, kind of like, oh, forget it. I'm not even taking this anymore, you know. And he's like, forget, I mean, I don't even know what he just said, or I can't even get the point written down because he's moved on to something else. Well, all of us, including adults, experience those things when we're hearing people speak at conferences or even while Dr. Youssef may be preaching. Um, and so this morning, what I want to do is I want to look at a passage in Matthew. And we, you guys have been um, talking about parables of Jesus. And this was a parable of Jesus, and he was talking to the crowds. And this is in Matthew 13, chapter 13, starting in verse 24. And goes through 30. And this is the parable. And he actually was talking to the crowds. Okay, It wasn't just a small group of people. It was a crowd of people who had gathered around. 
And it says, he put another parable before them, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while his men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, then the weeds appeared also. And the servants of the master of the house came and said to him, Master, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have weeds? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. So the servants said to him, Then do what you want us uh, then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at harvest time I will tell the reapers. Gather the weeds first and bind them in bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn. Now, again, you guys have been covering the parables, some of the parables of Jesus. And one of the things, a lot of times in the parables, there's not always an explanation of the parable. But in this parable, there is an explanation, and I want to read that to you. Because what happened was, just what I asked you about, have you ever been sitting and listening to somebody, and like, what did he just say? I don't, did you get that? The disciples experienced the same thing. Even though they were with Jesus a lot, there were times where they did not always understand him. And here in this teaching, the disciples go and ask Jesus about it. And it's in Matthew 13, verses 36 through 43 and this is what happened talking about Jesus then he left the crowds and he went into the house and his disciples came to him saying explain to us the parable of the weeds of the field Jesus we could you go back over that we I don't know if we really got that could you explain it to us and he explained he, he says he answered the one who sows the good seed is the son of man the field is the world, and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the sons of the evil one, and the enemy who has sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are angels. Just as the weeds are gathered and burned with the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send his angels, and they will gather out of his kingdom all causes of sin and all lawbreakers, and throw them into the fiery furnace. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, and then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears, let him hear. Now we have very few minutes um, as far as what I want to share with you. And if you're taking notes, you can jot this down. You, when you're around your tables, you're going to be looking at a little bit of this more in depth. But here's what I want to just share with you. Again, Jesus explains to them. And it's just something, a lot of times we hear some things from Scripture and like, oh yeah, I've heard this before, but do you really understand it? In, in Exodus, I mean, actually in Deuteronomy, God tells his people over and over and over and over and over and over and over, you'll underline all through Deuteronomy the word remember. Remember. We have a tendency to forget. And so what I'm just going to share with you this morning, maybe you've heard this, maybe oh, that's I got that. But it's important for us to remember and remind ourselves as we look at God's word. So here's the first thing, and again, real quick, I'm going to run through this and get you to your group. Jesus, as he explains what's going on, he lets his disciples know it's him in this parable that sows the good seed. Jesus is the one that is at work. He's the one who, through sowing the word, he's the one who uses his people to sow the word, to spread the word, to be an example 
in the world, in the church and outside of the church. Jesus is the one who is involved in that. He's the one who's doing the work. But what you also need to know is that we, obviously, I hope everybody in this room understands that we do have an enemy. His name's Satan. And as God is real, Satan is real. And he's our enemy. Scripture says he's a thief. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And in this parable right here, you see where it talks about that while, it says, but while this man's uh, men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. What you need to realize, back during this culture, during this time, in this culture that Jesus was speaking to, that was very common. That was a common practice to go into another man's field out of jealousy or wanting to do harm to someone else's farm, and they would either go in at night and spread seed, this bad seed that was called darnel seed, spread it in the field and have these weeds grow up, or they would take salt and spread it throughout the farm, the field, to kill what had been planted. And in Rome, during that time, they, it was a crime. They had that on their books, their law books. That was a crime to do that. So it was very common that that took place. So these people understood what Jesus was talking about, of these things taking place. And what Jesus says in this parable is there's an enemy that comes to disrupt, to destroy what is taking place, the work that is taking place. And Jesus says in this parable, that the field is the world and the good seed is the sons of the kingdom, those who belong to Jesus. The weeds are the son of the evil one. They belong to Satan. They belong to the enemy. And it's the enemy who has sowed them. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. This seed back during that time that would be sowed in the fields was called, called a Darnell seed. And when it would grow, it looked like wheat. It was very, it was hard to distinguish the two. And what would happen is the roots of that weed would entangle itself with the wheat. And so if you went in and tried to uproot it, you would tear out the wheat also. So they would wait until the wheat matured, and then they were able to gather it separately and burn the weeds and then have the wheat. And so the thing that we need to know is that there are two types of people in this world. There are those who belong to Christ and those who don't. Those are the only two. And my hope and our hope in this ministry is that each one of you in this room know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But we would be, it would be not good for us to assume that everybody in this room. See, there are people in this church that have come to this church for years and they're coming to this church and other churches throughout the city thinking, I'm good with God because I go to church or because I do good things or I give a lot of money to these charities. But they've never given their life to Jesus Christ. They don't have a relationship with him. But they think if you were to ask them, why are they going to heaven? It's because I've done all these good things. Wrong answer. If you know Jesus Christ and you're trusting in him, and what he's done for you, and have a relationship with him. You know Christ, you have a relationship with Christ. But there are people that will be in our church today that don't know Jesus Christ. 
as their Lord and Savior. And they've been coming for weeks and maybe months. We don't walk around and go, listen, uh, wait a minute, let me see who brought their Bible. Oh, you didn't bring your Bible out. Get out. We don't do that. If that were true, everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people would get up and walk out of here. Right? We don't do that. And that's not a big deal that you have necessarily have your Bible. We would encourage you to bring your Bible as you read the Word. But we don't walk through the sanctuary. Dr. Yusef doesn't have people throughout the sanctuary going, listen, you need to get, you're not serious. You need to get out of here. No. We're thankful that people are coming who are being exposed to the gospel, who are hearing the worship, watching other Christians, hopefully watching people truly know Jesus Christ, love him, worship him, live for him. We're not perfect. But you will, as you grow up, as you're growing up, as you grow up throughout the rest of your life, you're going to hear of people one day, and it's sad, but, oh, you remember so-and-so that went to church with, with us? They say now they're an atheist, or they've never really believed in God. And you're going to be like, what? They came to church all the time. They looked like me. They sounded like me. They talked like me. As far as in our language about the church and the Bible, truth is they never knew Christ and that happens that happens today and so the thing that we need to know is that Satan is at work and whether people realize they belong to him or not the enemy is at work amongst God's people trying to deceive and lead people astray I don't know how many of you have heard of a guy recently in the news by the name of John uh, John of God. Anybody ever heard his name? He just recently got arrested. He's from Brazil, and he has millions of followers throughout the world. 77 years old, and he's had people come to him for years for healing and for him to supposedly be telling them things about life. People have traveled from all over the world to hear him. And he's deceived millions of people because he has said that he is actually God. But he just got arrested for a lot of horrible things that he has done to people over the years. But over the years, people have trusted him and thought that he really was God. The enemy is behind that. Guess who's behind that? That's not of God. That's the enemy. To lead people astray, to destroy people, to keep them from hearing God's word, God's truth. And there are false teachers all over the place. There are people, that are, there are men in the church today that are preaching in pulpits that have no business preaching in pulpits. They're teaching heresy. And you and I need to be able to know God's word so that we can discern that. When we hear something, we go, wait a minute, that's not accurate. That's not what God's word says. This is no, no truth to this. We need to be on alert. We need to be discerning. And Jesus spells it out that there's this enemy that comes in to try to destroy what God is doing. And, and the enemy's been about that since the fall, since he was cast out. Plant, planting doubt, confusing people, using people. And some people think that being a Christian sometimes is like being on a cruise ship. Our, our life is called to be full of joy and 
wealth and health and all these things, and that's what being a Christian is. That's not what Christianity is about. Christianity is not about you being healthy, wealthy, and having everything you want. That could happen, but that's not the thing. If you think that that's what Christianity is about, the moment that those things are taken away from you or you have those things no longer in your life, if that's what your, your faith is based on, is what you have and accumulate, you're headed for a rough road if that's what you think Christianity is about. But a lot of people think that that's what Christianity is about, is living this life of comfort. But the last two things, and then y'all need to go, is that we see in this parable that God is the one who's at work. There's an enemy who tries to destroy what God is doing. But the other thing is, is that God is patient. I think that's my time telling that my time is up. Um, but God is patient. God is patient. And so people who are sitting maybe in this room or people in the sanctuary who don't know Christ, God is patient and has given them another day where they can hear the gospel, where he, can, where they, he or she can hear the good news. Whether it's through leading the way or whether it's through Dr. Yusuf preaching this morning or whether it's you hearing this, what we're talking about this morning or each week. Throughout the world, those who are teaching God's word properly, God is patient with those who don't know him. And we need to pray that God would deliver those people from the enemy and that they would come to know Jesus Christ. And you have some friends that don't know Jesus. Even if you're in a Christian school, there are people in that Christian school that don't know Jesus Christ. You have people that are all around you that don't know Christ. We just assume because they speak like us and they you know, go to church that they're Christians. And that's not true always. So we need to be discerning. We need to examine our own lives. And then lastly, this. What Jesus is saying in this parable that at the end all will be dealt with when Jesus comes back there will be a separation of those who know Christ from those who do not and let me just say tell you this I've been interacting with some atheists recently and trying to share the gospel with them and I've been called a lot of awful things uh, language that would make you blush and some of the things that they've said to me and my heart wants to retaliate and say some ugly things to them. But I feel sorry for them. My heart breaks for them. Because as much as they're denying and rejecting God, there's going to be a day when they die. If the Lord doesn't come back, there's going to be a day that they die, that they're going to stand before God. And then, even though they've thought there is no God, they're going to know there's a real God, a holy, just, righteous God. And there will be no hope for them then. There won't be a, like a video game of hitting the redo and starting it over. It'll be over for all of eternity. But for those of us who know Christ, that's going to be a great day. Whether we die and go be with the Lord or he comes back, that's going to be an awesome day. Not a day that we're, where you have to fear that. But it ought, ought to cause us to pray for those that we know that they would come to know Christ. And you and I know this, and as I'm closing, share this with you. Jesus is coming back, and that's our hope. 
We live in a world that's messed up beyond belief because of sin and the enemy is at work. But Jesus hasn't left us without any hope. He's given us his word. He's given us the Holy Spirit. He's given us one another. And we hopefully are looking forward to the day when Christ returns. So I'm going to leave you with the story and then let you go. During World War II, there was a, a certain PO, uh, POW camp in Germany of Americans. And they managed, um, in this camp, it was a very harsh camp that these prisoners were in. But these prisoner of war, POW, that's what it means, prisoner of war, these men were able throughout the camp to find little scrap pieces of metal and things like that. And they were able to construct a radio over a period of time to find and be able to construct a radio from bits and scraps of things they found in the camp. And they managed to get the radio where it would work. And they were able to tune in to a signal to where they were able to hear a little bit about what was going on in the war. You can imagine being in a prisoner of war camp, and every day what was going on in those camps is they were threatened to be killed, to be shot. And if you can imagine being in something like that, where day after day after day you're treated horribly. Don't know whether today's going to be your last day. These men were able to have some kind of, when they put this radio together, they were able to have this contact with the outside world and be able to hear a little bit about what was going on in the war. And they learned, though they had not been told, they learned that the war was over. And they learned that they were getting ready to be freed. And they waited and they waited when they found that out. And they still were in a prison camp. The German guards continually threatened to shoot them on a daily basis. And they still were treated horribly, fed, scraps. Each day brought some disappointment. But they were assured that the war was over because they had heard the news. And when the victory finally came and went and the Americans came into the prisoner camp and was delivering them out. All of those prisoners looked at them and said, we knew that you would come. That's what kept us from total despair and losing all hope because we had been notified that the war is over and that you are coming. We know that Jesus is coming. And even when we look around at the things that are going on in our world, and there's some awful things in this world, but there's some also really great things that Christ is doing, God is doing in this world, and, and even in, in you and through you. And so our hope, when we get maybe filled with despair or confusion and maybe scared, our hope is that Christ is returning. Our hope is in Christ and that he is the one who's overcome the world. He's the one that's overcome sin and death. And because we have a relationship with him, we too have overcome that and will overcome that. And so that's good news. So I'm like, I know I've run over a couple of minutes, maybe a little bit longer, and I apologize for that, but I'm going to send you guys out. 
but we love you and let's, let's pray. Father,